his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Welcome to Reality Bites, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. I'm Courtney Kosak. And I'm Steve Hernandez. Yeah, baby. <laughs> coming in hot. <laughs> we got to come in hot. You're, you're leaving tomorrow. Where are you headed? I'm going back to Minnesota. What for? I want to see my grandma. Oh, it's, is everything okay? Um, You know, people get older and then... This doesn't sound good. <laughs> That's a bad way to start a thing. Something, something positive is not going to happen. Uh, are, is she still? Is your grandpa still alive? Are they together? Yes, they're together. So my dad's mom passed, and his dad had been. Um, I I he was only alive for like six months. I was only after I was born. Okay. Yeah, um, but. My mom's mom and dad, I, you know, were like such a huge part of my childhood. And like, I have like major guilt feelings about like not staying in touch as well as I should have as an adult. And I don't know, my grandma fell and hurt her hip real bad, like in a way that, you know, it's like each time it happens, they are less likely to make any sort of meaningful recovery. Yeah. And so, I don't know. It just, like, makes it really real. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's scary. Your poor grandma. Well, you know what's got to be going through her fucking head, right? I, seriously. And also, she was, like, I don't know. We're very kind of kindred spirits in just the way that our minds work. And we're both, like, very creative. And I think that aging has been such a bummer for her. Was she very active before? Yeah. And she would like go out, you know, she always had like a perfect garden and would like constantly be redoing her house and other people, you know, like other relatives, she would take on projects and like, and it was, she was good at it. She was like really great at that stuff and to be limited in that way to where she can, you know, like the most enjoyable thing she can do is read, but like. That's not your life. You're like escaping your life, right? Yeah. Through a book. Yeah. No, um, my grandma was the same way. My mom's mom, um, she was so active in her whole backyard. She was gardening every day, doing all this stuff. And then when she was like 73 or 74, she had a stroke. And then she was just like, she was just like, oh, I want to die now. Yeah. She even said that. She was like, I want to die. And she, I think she died like four or five months later. Yeah. Because she was just whatever, however she was, that's not how she wanted to live. So she, so my grandma had like a really bad fall, like, um, actually last time I went home, just like kind of ironically, right? So she's been recovering and actually she's been like really spirited in her recovery. And... So, like, I think she does want to, like, regain all of her strength again and feels like it's possible, but she just, like, fell out of bed the other night, my mom called and said. And so it's like, you know. Yeah, what a setback. It's a bummer. It's a huge bummer. I don't don't think I'm going to be very good at it myself. Where are you going to stay when you go there? Um, My parents' house. house, Or your parents' house? Yeah. And then you're going to, for what, like five days? I'm only going back for four, but I think I'm going to go back again in like a month or so. It's hard to get away for so long. Yeah, that's a, to just to get away for five days is a long time. Um, yeah. Do you get along with your folks when you're there? Do you feel like a kid? It does really take you like, yeah, make me like a not fully formed adult in some ways. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Do you feel like that around your parents? No, but my parents weren't good parents. So I don't, I, I don't get a lot of uh, paternal or maternal like feelings from them. So it's, yeah. And they don't try to impose it on you? No, they're just like not that way. You know, what's, what's really sweet the other day is uh, I took the train in and my dad lives like in Covina. I took the train and he lives right by the train station. And uh, I was like, Oh, let's. He, I called him because he called me, and I was like, I don't want to talk on the train. Just pick me up at five or four thirty, whatever. I'll come hang out at your house for an hour or something. And then, uh, so he did that, and uh, 
he was like, did you eat yet? I was like, oh, no, I got to get something to eat. And he's like, oh, I'll make you a sandwich. And, you know, he like, <laughs> you know, he went at it and like made it. It's a nice sandwich. My dad makes a nice sandwich and like cut it in half and then, you know, gave me some chips like on a little plate. And I was like, oh. That's so cute. Yeah. And then, you know, I was when I was leaving, I was like, thanks. Thanks for that, dad. I really appreciate it. And he's like. What, that's what parents are for, you know. That's what's what parents are supposed to do. I'm like, oh my god, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> it was very nice, though. I like, I you know, that's nice. I think the best kind of uh, dads are ones that used to be monsters when you're a little, because they just feel so bad, so they'll do anything for you. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, a ninth ninth inning champ. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really funny too, because he like bought this. He's buying this mobile home. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a like mobile home and like a senior place. He's been living there, but he's buying it off the guy. And uh, he was like, "Yeah, I'll have it paid off by next year." And he's like, "And you know what? If I die, he's like, feel free to let your mom and her husband move in too." Yeah, yeah. He's just like, "Oh my yeah. god, that's amazing!" <laughs> yeah, 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 he's like, I, "You know, I know that you know that would help you guys out a lot too." So he's like, "I don't care." So that's, I mean, it's it's really my my dad's like coming through in the clutch and. My mom probably wouldn't need, need a place to stay and stuff, too. My folks are, like, not doing, like, they're, like, getting by. They're, like, regular Mexican parents where their retirement is just having kids. So, like, we're going to have to step up big time. Does that stress you out? A little bit. I mean, there's not too much I can do because right. because I'm trying to be a comedian. And, you know, I, I have a good shot at being a successful comedian and, and making mm-hmm. a living from it. So um, there's nothing I could do. I just hope that everything lines up in time. Uh, but... We talked about it. Uh, I have to take it my dad, and my sister will take care of my mom. So it's not a big deal. I, I mean, aging, it's so terrible. Plus, I, as long as he can make you those sandwiches. You know uh, what I mean? <laughs> yeah, well, he, he's good at building things and that kind of thing. I'll, uh, when when uh, we get a big TV, he always comes and puts the TV up and stuff. So, yeah, he's cool. I'm, I'm really happy uh, that I have a good relationship with my dad now. And my mom's always getting better, too. She just talks about God so much. It's so hard. Yeah. But that's kind of the beauty of getting older is that people just mellow the fuck out. And, like, you really, it comes down to, like, just the brass tacks of what's important. Yeah. Right? No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't, you know, my dad was kind of abusive and all that stuff growing up. But I can't, I think age just, like, took the piss out of him. And Uh so he, like, just didn't have it in him anymore. Uh, So... I'm happy. I'll take it whatever way it comes. But he's a good grandpa now and stuff, and he feels bad for what he did. So what are you going to do? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. You got to let people... Renewal. Renewal is good. Renewal, yes. And forgiveness <laughs> and all those good things. Um. So today, this week's guest is a porn actor turned writer, Logan Pierce. What's the name of his book? Between the Sheets. Ooh. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I read it. He's uh, The cool thing about Logan is he's um, he's just a regular guy who wanted to get into porn. <laughs> I know. I know. And really, he just, like, approached it really logically. Yeah. I mean, when you hear the interview, he just, you know, made some plans, and he reached out to agents <laughs> and stuff. And, I mean, it's almost funny. I didn't want to laugh at him too much, but it was just, it, it is almost funny that he was just like, well, you know, I saw I saw the size of the cocks the guys had, and I, and I knew that I was comparable at least, and I wanted to give it a shot. And Several it, girls have given me positive feedback. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's just a real like uh, he's just a real like a regular regular Joe who decided to get into uh, porn acting, but uh, his writing is really accessible, and uh, it's it's very breezy, so you can get into it. I so, also loved his feminist kind of view on. The woman's role in porn. Oh, talk that through a little bit. Oh, yeah. Just how he, just how like, you know, you asked him a question about objectifying women. And then he was like, I mean, it's about their happiness. And they're like some of the most like in control, you know, confident women I know. I just thought that was so rad because that's so counter to the cultural stereotype about sex work. Oh, yeah. He he was like, you know, we're just there to make the women look good. So right? whatever makes them happy, whatever makes them look good, uh, nobody's here for me. Yeah, he's very. he had a very humble attitude about the whole thing. I, I gotta I gotta look up a video of him fucking. I want to see if he brings. The I heat. know Have, we gotta see this cock. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We gotta see Logan's cock. And you guys go check out his book. It's called Between the Sheets. And uh, yeah, I guess look him up too. Uh, try to pay for your porn. I've been trying to pay for my porn. 
Oh, that's good. Yeah, I was subscribing to black.com for a couple of months. And then I, I might like... Uh, I haven't masturbated in a while. I need to get get back into it. <laughs> well, yeah, Julia masturbates on Friday night. And I masturbate on that Thursdays at 11 a.m. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about, that's Is about that the real? Yeah, that's real. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you're into the porn. Do you watch porn? I watch porn sometimes. What kind of porn do you like? Uh, I like to to surf around. But isn't there, is it like an amateur thing or what do you like? I like some like rough, hard sex. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. I've got a couple go-to videos. All right. Yeah. I'm going to have to, you're going to have to show me one of those. <laughs> All right. You guys listen to this interview with Logan. Get Lo- between the sheets, baby. <laughs> yeah. With Logan Pierce. Today's show is brought to you by Fab Skin Hot Bodies with Dr. Jeanette Graff. Fab Skin Hot Bodies with Dr. Jeanette Graff is a new podcast about keeping your body and skin looking toned and young. Listen, guys, it's 2018. We've got to make sure we look our best. So join Dr. Graff, world-renowned dermatologist, author, and skincare researcher, as she interviews famous stylists, makeup artists, and fitness gurus in order to give you the best advice and tips. As a go-to media resource for cutting-edge expertise on dermatology and skin sites, and one of the top three most quoted dermatologists in print, Dr. Jeanette Graff does it all. No beauty or skin topic is off-limits. So whether you're looking for the best way to remove cellulite or how to get the perfect tan without damaging your skin, Dr. Graff has you covered. Check her out today on Fab Skin Hot Bodies with Dr. Jeanette Graff. You guys, we have a very special guest for you this week. As always, we are here with Logan Pierce. As always. Well, we always have an amazing guest. And this week, it happens to be Logan Pierce. Logan Pierce, thank you very much for having me. Hey, thank you for coming. So you have an interesting story that you just, is this, is your book nonfiction? Uh, it's autobiographical fiction. Okay. So most of it, if not 90% of it, is reality-based, and a lot of it happened the way it's written, but I took a lot of liberties because, I don't know, just as, as a writer, you know, you want to tell the best story in the most effective way, so sometimes you Fuck just have truth. to play with time and space and everything. Yeah. And to protect people, because, you know, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus and use people's real names and their real habits and then end up... I don't know, being hit with a cease and desist or something like that. <laughs> totally. What? Where can the people get it? What's it called? Uh, the book is called Between the Sheets, Rise of a Working Stiff, and you can find it on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, uh, my website, whoislogan.com. Uh-huh. And for now, those are all the major ones, really. Great. Uh, why would you use a pen name for the book? Well, because it's... Because I was playing with reality a little bit, I didn't really want it to be like Logan on Logan, you know, and, and make it seem like it is truly an autobiography. Uh, so I, it gave me a little more freedom to, to kind of play with the world that I inhabit, you know? So you did it almost to be playful. Exactly, exactly. Because I didn't want to be beholden to fact and truth and, and it's like, okay, I've called a memoir, now it has to be 100% factual. You know, now I have the freedom to play around and use Logan not just as someone in reality, but now as a literary character. So so now I can mold him however I want. All the people he encounters, they don't have to be real people. And I can just like expand that persona outside of just porn and the world that he inhabits. And now he can exist elsewhere. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anyone using a pen name uh, for a book for that reason. But it makes sense. It's kind of like when Garth Brooks did Chris Gaines. Like, we're Mm. all in on the secret. But uh, it's it's a very cool idea. I like that. Yeah, I just I just want more freedom. Yeah. (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) Yeah. This is like the best way to do it. So I I love that your story starts with uh, the first time you you saw sex on screen and the first time you saw all of that stuff. People don't talk about that enough, but it all seems like it seems like you've had a pretty healthy upbringing, right? Yeah, yeah. Nothing. I mean, you know, you think, oh, someone's in porn. They must have had some sort of darkness happen. To well, lead them down that path. People say that know? about women. And and we've met enough people now where that's not true. But right, I, right. I personally, I haven't met too many male porn stars to, to actually get into it. But, but your yeah, folks, but they loved each other. They were together. Exactly. They've been together my whole life. Nice I grew up in the same house, you yeah. know, just like blue collar suburbia. 
I'm a slice of white bread. You know, I'm just very, very plain in my upbringing, you know, Irish Catholic. Yeah. Uh, but I just always had a fascination with sex and, and with cinema, you know, and then putting them both together on screen in porn, it just blew my mind. And, and it, 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 go on. I'm how sorry, old are, How old are you when you started watching porn? Uh, I mean... And you're, you're at an age, though, when it seems like right when porn hit the internet in a very accessible way was the, was the time just you about, came. Just about, yeah, Puberty exactly, and all that, right? Exactly, yeah. On AOL, you know, with the, with the CDs, the free trials and everything. <laughs> um, but the first time I saw it, it was a VHS. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, one of my brothers, he had a very small collection. So I was probably, I don't know, 10 or 11 when I really started, when I discovered it, and then I... Didn't really know what it was, but I was just really excited by it, and I didn't know why. So I kept sneaking into his room, and I'd watch the tape. <laughs> and then uh, once the internet became a thing, I would just spend all it? my how, time How old were you with the first time you saw pornography, Courtney? Yeah, I would say maybe like 12 or something. What was it? I don't remember. It was like with several p- people that were like my age, and I. but I don't think it was... I think it was maybe with a guy friend and another girlfriend. I don't remember it very specifically, but I remember... So it a group thing? Like, you guys all got together just to like, watch it? He was, like, sh- showing us or something. I don't know. Oh, it was no. just like a... So you guys want to see something cool? His name? James Franco. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. I remember a couple instances like that, kind of vaguely, growing up, where it was like someone showed it to us and then like I didn't and then it only in, when I became an adult was I like watching porn like on the internet uh-huh. but, that- but mostly when I masturbate I think about myself Courtney <laughs> <laughs> yeah. lives in Los Angeles folks uh, no do you remember the feeling that what happened to you when you were a kid when you saw that porn do you remember that feeling at all it's okay if you didn't I think it was like cheesy porn oh, okay. and like and also like typically like bang bus I remember someone oh, yeah, showing yeah. me some bang bus. Yeah. And like, so it's not, and just because of the circumstances, like it wasn't like the most erotic yeah, experience. Yeah, bang bus typically isn't yeah. erotic. I would get caught, This I know this, we're not interviewing me here, but I would get caught up in the like uh, fantasy of a, what did, what did Jake call that when they were on? Jake Kroger called it uh, the romance of it. Is like mm. what really kind of like turns me on, or so like, like that a fairy good story. tale. Yeah, so like I would oh, have a lot story of driven. fantasies as a kid uh-huh. that were like about that, but it was just like me plucking like someone out of that I knew from media or that I knew into. Of my, course, then you insert them into your fantasy and yeah. create a little world. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's Bless. that's different than your experience though, because and I do think it's different. You were a kid. You didn't yeah. even know what to do with it, but you kept watching. Yeah. What did it, it make you feel like? Good. Oh my god. I don't. I don't really know. I mean, like warm and fuzzy. You know? <laughs> but just like, just I knew it was bad. I knew I wasn't supposed to watch <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I couldn't turn away from it, and I wanted more of it. You know, and that's kind of like, I don't know, the blessing and curse of porn. I think is that there's so much out there that you you can never. You can search forever, but then you'll never quite be satisfied because you can can't find that one thing you want there's always something else something better so as a kid like i'd watch the tape and then i'd look for more and then i was on the internet and i was just searching for everything i could like dumb shit because i was a little kid so it'd be like sexwithgirls.com you know (laughs) sexinabathtub.com it's really dumb things that led nowhere but i just wanted it i don't know did you did you start getting into like different like did you become bored by the regular shit and start getting into like crazy categories after a while. <laughs> I mean, probably nowadays. Yeah. You know, because it's become my life to where, well, okay, so like now my friends are in porn, you right. know? So it's different when you see people that you know, uh-huh. especially if you don't like them, you know, people you're like, oh, he's a fucking asshole. And now, <laughs> and now he's like, oh, great. He's he's on my search feed. All right, well, let me skip this one. Like, you know, the, it looked great until I... He opened his mouth until, oh, that girl, like, I didn't have a good experience with her, so now I can't watch this. It's just fate. And it sounds like, and it, like, I mean, you did say it's, some of this writing isn't true or anything, but it sounds yeah. like at a pretty young age, you knew you did want to have 
to be involved in the the uh, in pornography, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and it sounds like you put it together pretty early, like. Wow, this stuff happens in Los Angeles. Like you knew, you knew. Where did you mm. Where did you grow up in? Uh, southeastern Pennsylvania. Okay. So, <laughs> quite at the opposite end of Los Angeles. I just know from reading your story. So, I, like I said, I don't know what's true or not. But you did go to college, and you did mm. know. There's something in the back of your head that knew that. Okay, I wanna uh, I wanna get out to L.A. Maybe, but you didn't yeah. think pornography. I mean, I did. I did. It was on the table. Yeah. And, and really, like, so So I grew up being a young filmmaker, loving cinema, and at the same time having a fascination with porn. So they both grew at the same time. So with one came the other. Yeah. You know, so by the, the typical college route, uh, working in film, that's what led me to Los Angeles. But then I had this ulterior motive <laughs> that kind of, like, fueled it even more because I knew that... Well, I'm one step closer to actually, you know, getting to try this thing that I wanted to do for so long. And, and then I did. So t- <laughs> tell us about your foray into. Well, I want to, hold on. I want to ask, uh, how do you, how do you figure out, how, do, how does a guy figure out if he has a, a nice enough cock for porn? <laughs> like how, yeah. how did you well, figure I, that I, out? So watching enough of it kind of gave yeah. me an idea like, okay. All right, like you know, <laughs> comparing myself to what I yeah. see on stream, like okay, they look pretty similar. And then I was always kind of promiscuous, yeah, uh, as a kid. So just having those hookups and other relationships, you, I, I mean, they, you know, they could have been lying to me, but most most women I, were, I was with, they would say like they would compliment me on it. And then know? also you measured at some point, right? Well, of course, yeah. yeah. I think every guy probably has. Absolutely, least, Mike. Have you measured? You measured, right? Every guy measures, right? You you have to. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's just a rites of passage. I remember. I think so. one of my first girlfriends. I said because now I I'm perfectly right below average, five and a half inches. But uh, <laughs> I remember at some point I I thought I was six, and I don't know. I was being generous with the measuring, and then at one point, what a girlfriend was like. Like, you're not six inches. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and I had to remeasure. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> well, there, there is a something I learned. This is in porn, so I don't know how true it is. But, you know, like, the penis goes farther back to, to the sack. So there's, like, an extra inch and a half or two inches that are unseen. Yeah. So you tack that on to the, well, to the total man, length. I, and you're you like, know. oh, damn. I'd rather than I'd rather say five and a half, and you know whatever extra you get out of it. You undersell it, then no expectations. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Wait, hang on. How many people were had you? If you don't mind telling us, Mm -hmm. how many? What was your number like? Kind of when you came Uh, out to LA, like how many? I mean, it was honestly pretty low. I mean, maybe not. I don't know. And from my perspective, it was pretty low, like ten or twenty or something. No way. No, like six. Oh, okay. Oh. That is but low. still, like, I was, I just, by promiscuous, I wasn't, like, having sex with everyone, but I was always flirting. Sure. And always, try, I don't know, trying to get somewhere. Whipping so like, your dick ma- out. Make out, yeah, <laughs> on the bus, just slapping it around. No, I'd be like, I'd make out with a lot of girls. And I was like, oh, we're hooking up, uh-huh. you know, and, like, dry humping and all that shit. So. And how, what did you, how did you view sex? Did you view it as, as, like, a fun, almost, I don't want to say exercise, because that mm-hmm. seems stupid, but like, did you say this is like a fun activity? Or I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how you got into your adulthood without associating it with guilt or um, or in any unhealthy way. <laughs> well, at first I did because, like I said, I was Irish Catholic, so yeah. I was going to church a lot, going to uh, Sunday school, and we were taught that masturbation is a sin, premarital sex is a sin. Uh, so initially, I was very nervous about about like jerking off, for example, you know? And I thought that, <laughs> I thought like, if I did it too much, I wouldn't be able to to have kids at a certain point, <laughs> you know? Like, That's pretty good. I, like, I only had a reserve, <laughs> and if I wasted it, then I blew my shot. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, I guess like, my, my household while we were Catholic was still pretty liberal. So my mom has been like an HIV specialist her whole life. So she knew of sex. She knew that I would be having sex. So she'd bring home condoms for me. Uh-huh. And she would like just instill, okay, safe sex. You know, I don't want you doing it, but if you do, don't be a dumbass about it. Here, here are some condoms. Uh, so I, I don't know. Like I just eventually grew out of the guilt phase by no real uh, event, just, just over time. 
Uh, and and I, I um, did it take you coming out here? And we're just going to be all over the place. For yeah, a little, let's but do it. Did did it take you coming out here to realize that you could separate sex and fun with sex and love? Did it take no. you to be? Are you did that earlier before you even came? Yeah, out here? I, I knew that you could separate it earlier because you know I would be single and I would be hooking up, but it wouldn't go anywhere else. We would just kind of be having fun. And at least in that regard, I could separate it from, okay, well, just because we did this doesn't mean that we are a thing or exclusive or in love and you're the only person I'm going to do this with. But yeah, coming out here, definitely there was, there was a learning curve from work and actual uh, connection, you know, because my job is to have sex. The coworkers I work with, their job is to have sex. So we're putting on a show, like a performance. Uh Initially, I confused that with genuine chemistry. So I would pursue a lot of my coworkers and we would have relationships and then they would just go up and smoke. So how long have you been doing it now? uh, Six years. Okay, six years. Yeah, it'll be six years in about a week, actually. So so you came out here and what, did you immediately respond to a Craigslist ad or how did you? No, I set it up before I came out. Really? What the yeah. fuck? Come on. Yeah. Well, because how, yeah. many, how many guys want to be porn actors? At, at least in the back be... of their heads, everyone. Yeah. They, they at least Do want you, to try it. No, I wouldn't, but I'm old enough to, to understand, you know, that. Young Steve, would you have wanted to? No, no but, but I, you got to understand. I've always known that me, for me, uh, my emotions and stuff have always been very tied into it. So I've had right. sex with a lot of women, but none of it was like, it all meant something to me. And I couldn't, mm. I couldn't do it like for work. It's hard for me to just do it for fun like that, like uh-huh. that kind yeah. of fun. There's got to be some kind of connection. But you, why did you want to do it then if we're talking about this? Yeah. I mean, I just <clears throat> wanted to experience it. I didn't know that it would be something that would lead to, you know, a potential quote unquote career or anything like that. I just wanted to know what it felt like uh-huh. to do it because I watched it my whole life and it was exciting to me and being on the outside, you know, you just want to be in. I just so badly just wanted to know what it was like. Like, the, the production and just how you can just meet a stranger and then have sex and then just walk away from it. I don't know. Like, that just appealed to me. Just something to try. For so, money. And then for money on top of it. But money was secondary for me. It was ah. never... Because I knew... I mean, you know, there's not a lot of money in sex work. There's not a lot of money in porn. I knew that from early on that it wasn't a money game. That yeah, I could make money and I can live comfortably, but it won't be, it won't set me up for the future so much. So I just wanted to do it for the sex. Now you said the experience. You said you you had it set up. How did you Mm -hmm. set it up when you lived back east? So multiple things happened. Um, I was going to college for film. I I got accepted into this internship to come to LA for a spring semester and intern at a film studio, do a full course load, et cetera. So through that, I I was able to secure housing for four months. I was able to secure money for four months because they gave you like a, not a per diem, but kind of like a a, a grant. Yeah, like a stipend. Um, And I was able to secure my my trip out west, you know. I didn't fly, I drove because I knew I'd be staying. So I was able to just secure my way to Los Angeles. In the meantime, I was already following a lot of like porn performers and porn personas on Twitter, you know, other social media. So I reached out to a lot of people. I did a lot of research and I found <laughs> out that, you know, there are agencies just like, just like legitimate acting or anything in entertainment, you generally have an agent. So then I emailed agencies and I was like, hey, what's up? You know, I'm coming out west big fan of your of your talent roster would love to try my hand at it you know if you give me a shot i promise i won't let you down all that bullshit. <laughs> you know just like this, this just general this general these, like, like little letter that i would send out <laughs> yeah. and like pictures attached and i probably sent it out to like half a dozen agencies and then one got back to me you know weeks later because like i i got a lot of um a lot of silence, a lot of just radio silence. And then a couple that were like, hey, um, we don't really accept new guys because, you know, no offense, but we don't have a lot of faith in your ability, blah, blah, blah. It could be a waste of our time. So they closed the door, but one accepted me. 
So now I'm coming out to LA. <laughs> I have my living situation secure. I call them and they say, hey, you know, when you get to town, uh, well, I emailed them, when they get to town, give us a call and uh, we'll put you to work. So I did, went to their office my first day in LA, met up with them, took some photos, and they're like, all right, well, we can get you a gig in two days if you wanna do it. So then I did it. All right, let's do let's, let's, Hang on, what's the it? photos? Yeah. Are the photos like like no? It's like like, like shirtless, you know, like really terrible lighting, um, kind of like blasting you with light. I'm trying to just flex and look look sexy with my arms crossed. Just some, some stupid shit. Now, I'm, I'm 21 years old. Like I've never I've acted before. I've never modeled before or anything like that. I don't really know anything to do. And in porn, they generally don't view the like. If you see photos of guys in porn, it's all the same stock photos through all the agencies. They're literally just like cross-armed, shirtless, in a pair of boxers, and that's it. Mm. So. And then that? what was the Simple. first job? Uh, it was for a site called seemysextape.com. Uh-huh. And it was a piece of cake. Easy, <laughs> easiest thing in the world. So it's like a point of view, POV style. So I'm holding the camera. And I'm so with- So your face isn't even in it, really? No, it, it made an appearance later on because we like we put it on, on sticks and then we go do our thing on like the couch. Yeah. So we get like big wide shots. But for the most part, it's me, my co-star, we're playing boyfriend, girlfriend, and you know, she's like, Oh babe, what are you doing with the camera? And I'm like, Oh, I'm just trying it out, you know, oh you're so sexy, blah, blah, blah. And then a strip tease happens, a little flirtation, and it just begins. Just like any typical porn generally. Were you so excited? I was. Yeah. I was jazzed. I couldn't have been happier. Uh, now, at the time, though, I did have a girlfriend. Oh. So that complicated things just did a she little know? bit. Yeah. Yeah, she knew. And, of course, she wasn't psyched about it, but she was understanding enough to let me just pursue it and see if it's something that I wanted to continue doing. Just kind of get it out of my system, you know? So that's but. something you talked to her about and shared before, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I only hid it from my family, really, because they wouldn't understand, nor do I think they would have been okay with letting me go if they knew what oh, I was Oh, you're just do. 21 years old, too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm still a kid. So, you know, I told, like, my close friends what I was doing. I told my girlfriend, and... They're like, we happened. paid for this fucking internship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, at the time, of course, I kept it a secret for a little while, uh-huh. did the internship, got a 4.0 that semester. So I was like, oh, all right, nice. well, at least I'm doing what's expected of me. And then that ended. Everyone went home, but I stayed because in my mind, I had already made it. This is what I wanted to do. And for me to go home... I probably would have just lost any opportunity to continue in the business because I was still brand new. Uh, and, you know, in, in porn, if you leave for an extended period, people forget about you. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like in any entertainment, if you're not fully established as, as a, a player or anything like that, if you leave for so long, someone else comes and takes your spot and now you're fighting just to get in the door again. Yeah. What, so, I mean, your parents eventually found out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did that, uh-huh. how did it go down? Uh, so, I, I didn't tell them. My ex-girlfriend's parents told them. Because she knew, like I said, then we broke up after a little while because it was just tough. You know, it's really hard for someone to understand and, and accept what you do when they themselves aren't surrounded by it or don't have many friends or confidants who are also sex workers. So whatever, we just had a falling out, we broke up. It was totally fine, completely mutual, but then for some reason her parents, they, they were just pissed at me. And and I, I don't really know what caused them to do it, but they printed out photos of me, of, of Logan, you know, like box cover shit, scene stuff, so like in the middle of sex, and they went to my parents' house and they, they like threw all the pictures on the table and they pleaded with them to like save me, you know, as if, I don't know, as if I was doing something that I wasn't uh, aware of or I was in over my head or they just thought I was in danger or something, whatever. So 
they did that. And my mom called me. I was driving home from set. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, we know what you've been doing. And then, then we had to talk. But it, were they chill after that? Yeah. Yeah. It, t- it took a little bit to, to get through, you know, and let them know that I'm healthy. I'm, I'm stable. I'm independent. I'm enjoying myself. So you shouldn't worry. Uh-huh. Um, and they had no idea that you had been planning this for so long. Yeah. And so I'm sure... Until they read the book. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, did you tell them, hey, I set this up, it was something I wanted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's different. I mean, it's different for a guy. I got to imagine. It's like, you know, if your son is like, yeah, I'm I'm trying porn, it's like, go, all right, son, be safe. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, they don't really understand it, but (laughs) they're... they're, So long as I'm happy with it, then they'll be understanding of it. You know? And we're totally cool. Like, I, I was with them... Uh, for the Christmas holiday and everything, you know, staying in their house. So we're completely transparent. And uh, I wonder if yeah. they're scared about to queue up any internet because they're like, God, I don't want to. Maybe they don't look for his name. They don't look for his porn name. Yeah, and, and they still use like. I mean, they probably Windows ninety eight. They probably didn't see know. Logan the movie. They were afraid. You know what was going to happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, actually, I took him to AVN my first year. Oh yeah. Because yeah. like after this after guy. after they got introduced to it, after they were understanding of it, then I basically told them that I don't want to hide it from you. So if you're up for it, you know, I'll pay for your tickets. I'll fly you out. I'll put you up in a hotel, and you guys can just experience this with me. And they did, and they were cool with it. That's great. It was whatever. Have you found it um, hard to, have you dated within the industry and have you found dating easy or difficult or? Now it's a lot easier. I'm in a really committed relationship right now. Oh, great. We've been together for about a year. So that's been great, but it took a lot of time to get to that point because I, 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 and I still, I still have issues like. And she's a sex worker as well? Yeah, yeah. So that helps for sure, right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And that's why like dating within the industry was a lot easier than outside because when I would go on dates with girls outside the industry, I would try to be very, uh, I don't know, prudish, I guess. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be forward. I wouldn't do anything to give them the wrong idea. And in a way, kind of like closed me off to them mm. and them too, because they're like, what, is he not into me? Well, what's mm-hmm. going on here? But I'm like, well, yeah, I'm a porn star. I, I don't know. What should I do? What's kosher here? Uh, so it's a lot easier. And then we have the same job, so there's no jealousy. You know, she goes to work. I go to work. She has fun. I have fun. We come together, and it's it's magic. So are you, there's no issues there. Are you open in your relationship outside of your work? or Generally, no. Uh-huh. No. Like, we don't have an open relationship or anything like that. But if we wanted someone to to join in, uh. that's on the table. Uh-huh. You know, we can talk about that. Uh-huh. But no, like extracurricular activities or anything like gotcha. that. Well, you're you're already blurring the lines enough. I mean, you don't want it to be too confusing. Yeah, right? and, and at least me, like, you, you know, it's 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 hard. like I have sex at work and it's a job, and then I come home and and I, I don't need anything outside of the relationship. I'm very content. Uh-huh. You know, I, I get my satisfaction. So I'd say the, the hardest thing, though, is, is me being uh, fully emotionally transparent and then also fully, like, physically affectionate mm-hmm. because I get tired from work. And, and all these years, sex has now become sort of a job. Uh-huh. So it's still fun no matter what, but I just look at it differently, kind of. I, I, I have like a weird skewed perspective on, on sex now. Oh no, does it ruin it at all? No, no. I mean, sex is great no matter what. It's just like, for example, if I have work the day of, her and I won't have sex that uh-huh. morning. Sometimes the night before. Just because I'm like, all right, well, I have to go to work. That's my uh-huh. job. I have like one responsibility, so I can't, <laughs> you know, I can't throw away my shot. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, so good. Um, well, I think, it, I mean, I, I when you say it ruins sex, I don't think it. I think it's not ruined sex, but it's it's got to change the way you look at the whole thing too. Yeah. And uh, but even in a, how long have you guys been together now? About a year. Yeah. Even though, like a long-term relationship, though, there are times when you have to, 
I think you have to do it as like a job, even when you don't feel like it. And that's not a bad thing or anything. It's just like, all right, I got to turn it on right now because we need to be connected. And exactly. I could tell either you're aroused or, or we feel not attached. So this is a way that we have to do it. So even though I don't really feel like doing it right now, I got to fucking do it. So yeah, do it. That's, I mean, that's how sex works. It's not like you don't just do it when you feel like doing it, especially in a long-term relationship or else you, that's how people stop having sex. I mean, I'm sure just one year, yeah. I'm sure you're still hyped to be fucking all the time. So, uh, yeah, but like being that sex is my job and I've done it for so long, I just have difficulty like mentally getting horny like that. Like that. I mean like this. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes, but more it's just like, you know, I'll, I'll be satisfied and I'll forget that it is, as you're saying, like, okay, even though I don't want it or, or I might be okay, that doesn't mean that you're okay. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I need to go out of my way to make sure that you are satisfied as well. Um, and I have difficulty kind of with that translation. Yeah, it's hard. Just like, just understanding it for some reason for me and any argument we have, it's usually about that. And I'm like, damn it. Oh yeah, well, I'm mean, cursing it, myself about this. I'm like, why? why? Why is it so hard for me? Why can't I just for non suck it up? For non-sex workers, it's hard too. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it's hard to just fucking make yourself, uh, to not be selfish about those kind of things. I mean, it's yeah. a regular fucking person thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And there, there you go. That's what we usually deal with. Like uh, people often view, and probably not you guys because you have a lot of sex workers on here. I'm mm -hmm. sure you have a lot of friends who are sex workers, but they'll, they'll view sex workers as if like we don't have regular problems or mm -hmm. just regular day-to-day -day stuff and it's like no all our problems are the same things that you experience right. in your own relationships or in your own lives now why the book i mean what, what got in you to write this fucking book okay so my whole life i've been a writer um growing up i used to write screenplays and short stories a lot that my friends would shoot then in college i was a film student but i focused on screenwriting so i've always been interested in writing and in porn, my creativity kind of like mellowed out a little bit. I put it on the back burner because I was just working all the time. But then one day I just like had this spark where there aren't a lot of books from the male perspective on porn. And the ones that do exist, I think are really, you know, for the most part are kind of braggadocious or they're so retrospective that it's like, oh, 30 years ago when I did this, <laughs> let me delve back into that and tell you how awful it was. Well, you know, it's not awful for me. Uh -huh. Like there's a lot of bad, sure, but it's a lot of good too. And instead of waiting until I'm out, I figured I might as well document what I'm doing now. So I started journaling nonstop. And uh, I transcribed those journals into a Word document. And then I spent a couple years just carving it out, chipping it away, and uh, I came out with volume one. What's your favorite part of the book right now? Uh, my first gangbang. Yeah, which tell, is awful. Tell us, tease, <laughs> it, was a terrible tease it for experience. us. Tell us. Uh, one second. He's taking a big sip of seltzer water, folks. <laughs> He's getting ready. This is going to be a big one. Yeah. Um, okay, so first gangbang, it was kind of just thrust upon me. In a way, you know, like, because agents, no matter where you are, they'll kind of like push work on you and they'll say it's good for your career. You should do it. So up until this point, I hadn't done any group activities, really. So he was like, yeah, you should do it. It'd be great. It's easy. You know, no problem. All right, cool. Fine. I'll do it. So it's a six man gangbang. Uh, I show up and everyone there is like a 10 year veteran. Like they've been, this has been their whole life, their whole lives. And I'm barely a year in. So I'm really green and physically they're all a lot bigger than I am. Like they're towering over me and I just feel so inferior. And even, even uh, the star, she's in heels. She's standing at like five foot 11. She's towering over me too. And I'm just like, fuck, this is, I, I, do I belong here? This is crazy. And you know, we started doing it in the classroom. Uh, we're all in detention, you know, and she's the teacher and she's real stern and, and <laughs> angry at us. And she's like, you know, I got to teach you boys a lesson. Uh, take your cocks out right now. <laughs> so, so we all do. And I'm just having wood troubles like across the board. I, I can't concentrate. Everyone else is like, they're on autopilot. I'm like, what the fuck? Why, why can't I keep up? 
So I take a Viagra uh-huh. and nothing happens. Um, and, you know, generally it doesn't work immediately and it doesn't work unless your mind is in the right place because it's all about blood flow. You know, it's not a guaranteed Oh, really? Thing, yeah. I the mean, one time it, I took Viagra, I took it like in an orgy thing. Probably took it at midnight and it didn't kick in for like 13 hours. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, we're just home the next day and it's like nothing. It's not like anything you think either. It, it, you're absolutely right. Your yeah. mind has to be in the right place or you have to yeah, not be thinking you about it. Yeah, control your blood flow. But if you're focusing on it, I mean, I can't imagine it's no, going to work. No, it can be unreal. Yeah, yeah it'd be crazy. <laughs> but it just wasn't working. So my head was pounding, my heart's pounding, I'm sweating. And I'm like, all right, I, I don't know what to do. So I take another one, chew it oh, up. no. And it, it just makes it even worse. You know, I can feel like my pulse everywhere. Oh, God. And Now in a gangbang, how choreographed is it? Do you have to just This was not choreographed in? at all. So you're just supposed to jump in yeah, at some point? Yeah, like I was, everyone knew their role except for me. I'm like, I've never done this shit before. And everyone's like, okay, so we're going to do this and then we're going to pass her to you. And like, they're not communicating, they're just doing it. And I'm like, I, I don't know where I fit in. I mean, I'm just you know. thinking about, it's funny right now, I'm thinking about pro wrestling. I'm thinking uh-huh. about if you're a brand new wrestler and this is something they've all been doing for years, they know how, they know when to throw you against the mm-hmm. ropes, they know when you're gonna have to do an arm clutch and stuff, but you're just brand new at it and you're like, I don't know what Yeah, I don't know what the hell I don't know going these guys. <laughs> they're communicating with their eyes and shit, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, so I'm just like a deer in headlights, just completely. <laughs> frozen and limp and scared and sweating and then whatever it just ended like, <laughs> like just they they did their thing and i'm kind of just sitting back at one of the desks at like, some point did you you did fuck obviously right or were you not able no, to get I it just, up at I just all jerked off the whole time oh, I, really? I came at the very end because it got to that point where it's like okay everyone now's the money shot and i just closed my eyes and i'm like please 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 just work something up and i did and just ran up to her, you know, whatever. Now, I'm a comic, and uh, so this sounds like you bombed, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. And you, were you, like, embarrassed? You were red? So embarrassed, yeah. yeah. And this wasn't my first time bombing. Yeah. You know, I failed a scene before. My, my tenth scene in the business, with there was just nothing. No, no chemistry, no... I, my hands were ice cold. There was no blood anywhere. I was just, like, a wet noodle. And they sent me home. They fired me. And I was, like, heartbroken. Like, oh my God, this is it. Everything I worked for is just thrown away. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? Blah, blah, blah. Now, when that time you bombed the first time, uh-huh. does that still, you've been doing it for five years, six years now? Yeah, six. So does that still happen every now and then? Thankfully for me, there's no wood He's looking here, for there? something to uh, talk He's knocking on, on no, wood. No, no, not yet. Yeah. I've only failed once and it was devastating. It sucks. But like that's, that's a common thing, you know? So it isn't really something that, should ruin I, I use this word lightly career shouldn't ruin your career nor should it really affect your next performance but you can't get that shit out of your head it, it eats away at you because you just like have so many questions You're like what's wrong with me uh is my body telling me i can't do this anymore like have i wasted my time oh god they're never gonna hire me again this and that rumors are gonna spread and you kind of just spiral out of control and that stuff can, the danger in it is just that it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy if you start obsessing about Yeah, of stuff. course. Exactly. Yeah. Now, you've come up with mental yeah. tricks, obviously, now that, well, you, well, you won't bomb again, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, what are, if something comes in and you're not automatically clicking with somebody, what are some of the mental tricks that you do? Oh, man. You just think about your Rolodex of better days. <laughs> you know, like the, the experiences that you had that were phenomenal or... Uh, a, a scene that you watched, like porn that you watched that really excited you, or you focus on a particular body part or something. You know, like, it's, I've, I've found that, at least for me, in my experience, I can have sex with just about anybody. And it's just about focusing on the better parts. Like, if, if you don't click, like, you, you can't really have a conversation, okay, that's fine, maybe... I'll now have to objectify you, you know, in a way and just focus on one part of you that that really does turn me on. Or thankfully there are dick pills 
you know, which like I say, aren't a guarantee, but at least they facilitate the process. So when Danny um, Wilde was on, he was talking. Oh, Danny Wilde did the show? Yeah. I love Danny Wilde. Yeah. Yeah, he, big he's fan. so great. Uh-huh. Um, he was talking about that's why he had to quit, essentially, is yeah. because guys can get basically well, hooked on these or feel like they need them for work, uh-huh. male and, and performance. As far as I know, he was using a stimulant that's really aggressive. Oh. Uh. You know, like... Uh, intravenous oh, okay. caverject or, or something similar, which is like a little needle with a, a vial. You inject it right into yourself. That's another and, method of getting these. I mean, that's extreme. I, I've never gone down that road. Hopefully never will. You never know. But like, but that's like aggressive. Viagra and, use, and, is that like, people do that. Is that like ex- widespread? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Viagra abuse, I don't know, but taking a quarter of a pill, a half a pill, I've heard stories of guys taking multiple pills. Like I said, I took two pills a couple times. I think that's what he was doing, yeah. Yeah, that's self-destructive. Because if you can't do it without it and you need a little stimulant, okay. But if you need to really like overdose on it to even get by, then no, that's, you have a problem. You should not be doing that job. It's not worth it. It's especially not worth it. The money is not worth it. You know, uh, the sex, while it's fun, it's ephemeral. It's there one second, it's gone the next. It's, it doesn't lead to anything else. And we're only working for a callback. You know what I mean? Like one job. Just your next movie. Exactly. Because there are no residuals. There are no royalties. You can put all your efforts in one movie and all you get is a paycheck out of it and an invitation to come back again and do it all over for, for that same paycheck. So it's not worth it if you have to force it like that. Not at all. And he learned the hard way. You know, he, he, he was in for a long time. And, and once again, this is all secondhand, as far as I know, uh, he suffered from priapism. Uh-huh. That's what that's it's what called. He was talking about. Yeah, yeah, and he had to go to the hospital. And at that point, like, that's, that's a wake-up call. Yeah. And, that's what served as his wake-up call. So what are your plans? Do you have, are you going to continue doing porn as long as you can? Or do you have I mean, plans I, I, I don't want to do it to the point where I can't do it anymore. You know, like, I don't want to be a lifer. Where they, like, ask you means. to leave. Well, yeah, right? Or <laughs> if you stop getting booked. Yeah, and then you're, you're begging for work. Like, Please, I need it. I need it. Or some of these older guys that have just been doing it their entire lives, like that's all they know. Uh-huh. Um, no, I, I, I don't want that to be me. But for right now, I'm good at it. The work comes, so I might as well stick it out and, and play the course and see, see where I end up. But in the meantime, much like Danny, you know, I'm, I'm focusing on other efforts, and specifically my writing is, is the one thing that I'm really focusing on the most outside of work. And then a couple small acting roles here and there, um, like smaller indie productions, but who knows where that's gonna go? Who knows where, where the writing's gonna lead? But I just gotta take it day by day, really. That's all of us. You know? Now you, yeah. you hinted at this, but how do you, and you seem like a good guy, so I don't have any problem asking you this, but how do you keep from objectifying women and thinking about them as people when, when it's your job to objectify them? That's a, that's a great question. Um, well, because most of the women I meet are amazing, strong, independent. You know, in porn, the, the general perception from the outside is that these women are victims and they're doing this against their will. But from my experience, 99% of the women I meet are so in control of what they're doing, their sexuality, they love the way they're expressing themselves. So, I've always viewed them as, as equals. And if not more so, because my job is to back them up. You know, they're the star. I'm, I'm not the star of anything. I am just behind them, the male cheerleader, making sure they're, they're doing their best. So, I don't know, I've never had a problem. I mean, during sex, I, like I said, yes, you might have to objectify them during the act itself and focus on a physical aspect of them. But after that, no, we're, we're equals. Well, it's very know? interesting too that, that, that you know, it's a, for you to phrase it like that the woman is the star, because of course that's what sells the pornography and everything. Yeah. But yeah, it, 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 that is a, yeah, that does sound very healthy 
to be like, man, whatever gets you off, we got to make you happy. We got to make sure your performance is top notch and whatever I can do to uh, facilitate that. I want to do. Yeah, that. absolutely. Absolutely. So that sounds yeah. healthier than any regular sex, sex thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and being, listen, being in porn and, and doing what I do now, when, when I, when I meet women elsewhere, sex is the last thing on my mind. You know, that's been eradicated from the equation. I don't even want to talk about sex generally because it's my job. So I want to like get out of that. And I, I just want to have, have a, a connection, you know, just have us talk, get to know each other. Not, I, I don't go into it with like a, a game plan. Like a lot of, a lot of guys who go on dates. Okay. So in my world, we have sex first, then we have dinner, you know, uh -huh. and everywhere else you have dinner so you can hopefully have sex. And generally, you play a game where you're trying to convince your your date to sleep with you, or something like that. And like in my life, that's not even part of the equation. I think I would like it better, probably your way. Don't you like it better your way? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I do absolutely. Because then you can kind of clear your head of, of the idea of um, expectations. Say, or do I connect with this person really yeah. on an emotional? On a, do we have fun, all that kind mm. of stuff, which is more important than sex. Yeah, and like I said, you can have sex with almost anyone. Yeah. And that's great and all, but what else is there? Mm. You know, so you get, you get the sex out of the way so you're not putting on a facade, and then you can actually get to know somebody. I don't know how comfortable you are talking about your current relationship, but is that how you guys start? Did you guys have a scene first? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you have more than one scene first? No, we just had one. Okay, and then you were like, you said that you kind of learned early on, uh, you know, I got to watch how I connect with people because this is real chemistry doesn't, this doesn't translate to real life. Yeah. But yeah. there's something different about her, obviously. For sure. And For sure. did you know who she was before? Vaguely. Okay. Vaguely. So you just and, had and, the... and vice versa. Like, she vaguely knew who I was. You generally know at least of someone's name and uh -huh. maybe what they look like because everyone's on Twitter and Twitter is the nucleus of the industry. So before you work with anyone, you're like, all right, let's check out their Twitter feed. Let's see what kind of person they are. And you, you just, you know, so that's kind of how we quote unquote knew each other before. So you look and you saw she was like a funny person, a funny, smart person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely beautiful. And I was so excited to work with her and we had a great day and we were in Phoenix, so we went to the airport together. We hung out for a few minutes, exchanged numbers, and that was pretty much it for maybe like two months. Then what the fuck? You know? What changed? Well, we 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 like chatted intermittently, and we would just talk a little bit, but we didn't see each other. We didn't have another scene together. Um, I was in Guatemala, and then I was sending her photos, and that's kind of like where we kind of sparked a, a newfound interest in one another. And then I came back. Uh, Christmas and New Year and everything, and then came back to LA. We tried to set up a date, fell through, tried to set up another one, fell through, and then the third one, which is kind of like, all right, this is make or break, <laughs> it worked out, and it was just fucking incredible. It's really great. And then it was just on after that? Well, then at that point, it was like, okay, I like you, you like me, let's play it by ear, you know, maybe I'll see you next week. And then it turned into, well, what are you doing tomorrow night? Uh -huh. And then, then it turned into a more steady thing. And then we we made it we made it like official official in March. But uh -huh. we were dating. I was dating her exclusively since the first date, you know. Oh. And then here we are today. Yeah. <laughs> so I just picked up from there. Have it's been really excellent. Have you had a gangbang scene since your <laughs> first have you had a successful no. gangbang you just don't do them, i right? don't do them anymore you don't like them. yeah and you know maybe that's that's me sh like selling myself short but after that one time I'm like you know what <laughs> maybe that's my limit and if i don't have to do it then i don't want to do it yeah you like you what know? you like i mean you, you know you're not in this kind of industry to to work really, otherwise you go get a fucking office job. Yeah. You're doing it to have yeah. fun and to do what makes exactly. you happy. Right? Yeah, yeah, and that's what I keep saying too. Like, you know, I it's a fun job, but until it's no longer fun, I'm gonna keep doing it. Yeah, it's like bartending. You know? It's like anything like that where mm -hmm. it's like, and even bartenders get to a place where you see them turn, and it's like, ah, you gotta quit if you're not having fun anymore. Yeah. I know the money's good or whatever, and you know, but. Get the fuck out, because you're not doing anyone any favors. Exactly, yeah. Then, then it's just negativity. Uh, and, where and like, can we find your book again? Um, so you can find it on Amazon, 
Barnes and, and what's Noble. the name? It's uh, Between the Sheets? Between the Sheets, Rise uh, of a Working Stiff. And what's the, the fake name you've given us? Uh, my pen name, <laughs> yeah. J.R. Verlin. Yeah. And uh, you guys, I think you really enjoy his writing. It's really, um, it really is like from a, a regular guy's point of view. That it was, it struck me as like, oh yeah, this this guy's a, like a cool regular guy that you just hang out with, and uh, it's really easy to read. It's real conversational, but uh, check that out for sure. And you can get that on your website, Amazon, all those things, right? Mm-hmm. What's yeah, your yeah. Twitter handle? At uh, who is Logan? Guys, check out Logan on Twitter, and thank you so much for joining us today, Logan. Oh, thank you. 